Hey, thank you for listening to the City Life Church podcast. We are leading people to become fully alive in Jesus. We are a church in San Francisco, and we are praying that this word will encourage you, challenge you, and help you grow in your faith journey. Before I jump into the sermon today, I'm going to be kicking off a brand new series. I, I, wanted, I wanted to take the time to kind of pastorally bring some announcements that are important to us, all right? We're in a very unique season. In three weeks, we have our Prophetic Summit weekend. What is that, you might say? Maybe you've been rolling with us for just a few weeks or a few months. Once a year, we take a weekend where we fly in some prophets from other parts of the world to come and minister. And as a church, we prepare ourselves to just go prophetically deep in the things of God and ask God to speak a now word, not just to the collective, but to different people individually in our congregation. So we've been praying about different individuals and couples that we feel like, hey, they need a word right now and that we're going to be inviting them to, to fast and pray and seek the Lord. But if you would like to be considered to, to receive prophetic ministry, say, hey, I'm a member of this house and I feel like I'm, I, I need a word from the Lord. We'd love to have you jump on our church app and just register. And then I'll be reviewing all the names and praying, asking the Lord, like, Lord, who, who should we bring in to receive prophetic ministry from these prophets that are going to come through? It's going to be a powerful weekend. It's going to be a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. Three evenings, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And our church, this is one of our favorite moments of the year. Again, if you're kind of new to our, our community, you're like, okay, what's this all about? Come and see for yourself. It's going to be amazing. God's going to show up. These prophets are anointed. We're bringing um, uh, Eric Butler from New Jersey, Pastor Mark Cargill all the way from Arizona. They're going to team up together, and we're going to hear from the Lord. It's going to be a powerful activational kind of a weekend. So I want to encourage you, circle that weekend. It's like that's the weekend you don't want to miss. We'll have child care provided for all the services, and that Sunday morning will be a great celebration as well as we're anointing people, ordaining them, and et cetera. It's going to be powerful. So that's the big weekend of the year. Come on, somebody. That's the party here at City Life. So if you already had plans, other than getting married, like change your plans. Y'all come and be here. If it's your wedding weekend, go ahead and get married. We love you. But um, for the rest of us, come on, let's be here. It's going to be a great time. With that, the Lord also nudged me and said, call my people to a holy fast. I hate fasting, but I love the fruit of fasting because I love food, y'all. <laughs> um, but we're doing a seven-day complete fast, meaning we're not doing no Daniel fast, no Joshua fast, no carbs fast, no nap napkins fast, no sweets fast. We're doing a legitimate Bible fast. When they fasted in the Bible, they only drank water. So that's what we're going to do for seven days. Some of the young people are like, oh, snap. <laughs> what I'm asking you as your pastor, if this is your home church, listen, if you're a guest, <laughs> God loves you, you know, keep on going. Um, but here, if this is your home church, I'm asking you to position yourself. I'm asking you to take at least one day. You can fast more than once, but at least one of those seven days, would you, would you actually join us as collectively we pursue God, as collectively we pursue his heart. As collectively, we're leading in. So God, we're posturing ourselves for the next chapter that you have for us. Our city needs this, y'all. Our communities need this. We need this. What does the fast do? It actually detoxes us spiritually. Real talk. Sometimes we need to just be reset on the inside. The fast, that's what it, it'll do. It'll cause you, your mind to think more coherently for you to hear the things of the spirit more easily, if I can use the term loosely that way. So I'm inviting you to, to prayerfully consider that. It's our church app again. There's under the events, under the, the sign-up. You can click and you'll see all the different dates. 
And, and only sign up if you're for real, for real. Come on now, because my hope is to see every day of the week covered, hundreds of people fasting, seeking the Lord. It's going to be a powerful time. I believe it's going to bless you personally, but I believe that there's going to be something imparted into the house that weekend. It's a significant time for our church. Amen? God's getting ready to take us to another level, and we can't get there if we don't pray and fast and seek the Lord. Amen? So I'm inviting you to be a part of that. Not a lot of people gave me a loud amen, like, oh, no, I love eating. Some of you guys are part of the East Bay community. We're doing a whole barbecue on that Sunday. Those of you that are part of that community, you don't have to fast that Sunday. But double down on Monday. Fast Monday and that Tuesday. Come on, somebody. It's going to be great. So I just want to invite you to be a part of that. And uh, again, last night, shout out to Oscar and our Celebrate Recovery team. We had our, I guess we would call it kind of like a, our graduation ceremony. We completed a season here of, uh, of just uh, our Celebrate Recovery community. Such an outstanding uh, team. And uh, it was so fun to just watch and hear the testimonies of what God has been doing in their lives and different ones just testifying uh, what, they're, what they're, you know, breaking ties with and what they're coming in agreement with, which is Jesus and declaring God's word over their own lives. It was so powerful. Can we tell all of our folks that are part of that community, well done. So proud of you for that. So proud of you. How many of you know that, that following Jesus, it's, it's, it's a daily discipleship process. We pick, we pick up our crosses daily. Something has to die on the daily. And um, so, but it's, it's much, much more effective doing it in community when we can t- uh, team up with one another and help each other. It's such a blessing that way. So praise God. So because of the season that we're in, as I was praying and pondering and seeking the Lord and planning, you know, I feel like this is the, the, the series that we needed to launch today, and it's called, the title for it is Prophetic People. Bill Norton would say, not pathetic people, but prophetic people. God's called us all to be prophetic people. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are prophetic. Now tell them, your breath stinks. <laughs> We're called to be a prophetic people. We are a prophetic house. There's a prophetic anointing upon uh, our, our house collectively upon many of us individually. I want to take a few Sundays for the next few Sundays. Our team, we're going to be preaching on this, on this theme, par- partly because we want to prepare you for the prophetic summit in three weeks, but also because this is Bible, and it's something that we should actually live year-round. So for some, this would be perhaps brand new teaching to you, and for many, it could be a reminder, things that you've already learned. So allow me, allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me to remind you of some of these basic principles. The key text that I'm using for the series would be found in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, and it's going to appear on the big screen. If you would like to see my notes, we actually provide all of our preaching notes uh, both to our online campus by clicking the little notes tab, or if you're here in person, you can just text CLC notes, one word, to the number 97,000, and then all of our notes will be magically transferred to your device, and you can kind of uh, follow with me, and you can see how much longer I got to go this morning. Come on, somebody. So Amos chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 7. Again, if you're watching online, shout out to Nicole and Jerry and so many others that are tuning in. Preach with your boy today. Preach with me. Throw those emojis in the chat box right there, and y'all, this is the second service of the day. This is the loud crowd, so I need you to preach with me today. Amen? Especially like, man, if God is moving in Espanol or Portuguese or whatever language, you just preach amen or amen or whatever, all right? This is what it says in Amos chapter 3, verse 7. It says, indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. He's saying that God doesn't do anything without including his servants, the prophets. Now you're like, snap, I thought God was like all powerful. He doesn't need permission to do anything. It's true. He doesn't. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. 
He's above all those things. There's no limitations in God. However, the heart of God is to always include sons and daughters in everything that he does. He could have reached the world all by himself. Jesus actually single-handedly could have come by himself and reached millions and billions of people had he wanted to. But God is all about partnership. It's all, all about relationship. So what he's saying here through this verse, it says God does nothing without using or including his servants, the prophets. Someone say partnership. partnership. It's about a partnership. What a privilege we have to be invited into something that is so much bigger than us. We are invited to, to be a light into the world around us. We are invited to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to be the extension of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And when it comes to prophetic ministry, prophetic is really all about God partnering with his people that he might declare his mind and his heart to individuals or situations. See, God could actually evangelize the world by himself. You think Hollywood has amazing Dolby surround sound, 4K movies and all the other technologies? Imagine this. Like you, you all saw maybe in Vegas, they have this new gi ginormous dome, right? And it's like, oh my gosh. And it's like all the crazy images. People are driving and crashing because they're looking at this building. They're distracted. Bro, God could do that with the, with the skies. He could show like this movie surround world, if you will. Every, 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 every continent, every country, every language, they could all watch the movie. But yet, instead of doing that, he's chosen to partner with people to bring his good news. He's about partnership. It's always a privilege. You with me so far? And when it comes to the prophetic, it's a partnership. Now, this last summer, these last few weeks and months, um, all the new movies are being released, right? There was one that came out. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. And I was amazed. I'm like, man, the power of technology. You got an old man, older than Pastor Isaac who can barely walk in Harrison Ford. And with CGI, it's like, wow, he looks like a young 23-year-old again. Like, how do they do that, right? And if you're into those kind of movies, you know, maybe Mission Impossible or the other movies that came out, um, there's always kind of like this theme, particularly with Indiana Jones. There's a theme, there's a, there's a treasure hunt. They're always trying to find a specific item. And in order to get to that item or that treasure, there's clues along the way. And all of a sudden you have these aha moments throughout and one clue leads to another, which leads to another. And hopefully you can find the big treasure with all the opposition and haters and all the crazy stuff. Hopefully you, get, you can get to that treasure. When it comes to prophetic ministry, um, if you've been around prophetic settings, it's so fun because it's like, man, it feels as though hearing the voice of God is the treasure. But, but can I just maybe debunk that thought for just a second? Hearing the voice of God itself is not the end of the story. It's not the treasure itself. When you are part of prophetic environments and prophetic, prophetic moments, those are the clues that are dropped along the way that actually lead not to an experience but to a person, God himself. The end treasure, the goal itself is to know God personally and to know him intimately, to know his heart and his mind. So we have these little glimpses. Those are the crumbs that are dropped along the way. But the pursuit is of a person, not just the experience. Am I preaching to somebody here? So when I talk about prophetic and when I talk about hearing the voice of God, actually there's something greater than that, God himself. But what an awesome privilege it is in serving him and partnering with him because he actually is speaking to us all the time. In fact, God never stopped communicating. The Bible actually says that there, were, there, was, there was a season, about 400 years, between the Old Testament and the New Testament where nothing was recorded. 
But when you study the history of mankind, God was communicating to people from the very beginning. How did God communicate? In the Old Testament, God would use prophets, for instance. He would use prophets to, to speak a word of warning, sometimes a word of encouragement, sometimes a word of judgment. He would use men and women to bring a word directly from God. People couldn't hear necessarily personally from God, but God would use unique individuals. God would use creation or nature to speak to people. For instance, think of Moses. It says that he was on the backside of a desert, minding his business, you know, working for his father-in-law. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's, he's tending the sheep. And all of a sudden, he sees a bush that is ignited, like Pastor Isaac's backyard with fire this last week. Come on, Pastor Isaac. And all of a sudden, from that fire, a voice calls out, Moses. Like, oh my goodness, not only is the bush that's burning talking, but he knows his name. And God began to reveal himself to Moses. God would actually speak to another, another prophet through a donkey. Before there was the Shrek donkey, there was this other donkey. And God would speak. There were different things through nature that God would actually use to communicate with, with people. God would actually send angels from time to time. Angels would come from, from heaven with a message from God. God would speak and continues to speak through visions and dreams. It's intriguing to me because if you do a study on this, oftentimes in order for God to get man's attention, not women, but man's attention, he'd actually have to put him to sleep. Take a little nap, Joseph. Think about it. Gabriel came to tell Mary, hey, you're a virgin, but God's going to give you a child. His name is going to be Jesus. It's going to be an incredible experience. And she's like, let it be unto me. You know, like she's like, wow, she believes with faith. A young teenage gal, she's impregnated by God. And it's like, wow, Joseph, the fiance, God knew this boy's got to take a little nap because if an angel comes, Joseph's like, hey, what are you talking about now? <laughs> like he's not going to receive that word so well. So in a dream, God would bring revelation of his purposes and dreams right? and purposes and plans. God still speaks to people through visions and dreams. God continues to speak. In the Old Testament, it was limited, but the Holy Spirit now poured out in the New Testament. God speaks to everybody all at the same time. The trippy part is most of us don't recognize when God's talking to us. God will speak to us. The, 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 the best way to hear from God, in my opinion, is through the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible. It's already there. Written by many different writers, but one author, the Holy Spirit himself. The entire Bible, from cover to cover, is inspired by God. It's, it's holy. It's sacred. All 66 books written in a span of about 1,600 years in three different languages, all of those are inspired by the Holy Spirit. And you might be thinking, well, how relevant would it be? Culture and life has changed. This was written thousands of years ago. Here's the trippy part. The word of God is timeless. His principles are timeless. Everything that is recorded in scripture is actually relevant and good for all of us. Regardless of cultural challenges and, and things in society, the word of God. Listen, you don't find the Bible. The Bible actually finds you. It's a roadmap. It's a compass. It's a light to your path and to the destiny that God has for us. So the word of God, it... It feeds us. It fuels us. God speaks to us through the word of God, through the Bible. Amen, somebody? Now, I love technology. A lot of my Bible reading these days is through my YouVersion Bible app. I use the app, and I highlight verses, and I can quickly study different translations and different things, which is super awesome. I actually listen to the word of God when I take a shower. So hopefully I listen to the word of God every day. <laughs> That was a joke. It sounded better in my head, but it's all right. Um, the word of God speaks to us. God continues to speak. God speaks to us through preaching and teaching. 
There are some times when I'm listening to some, some great sermons on podcasts and God begins to speak. It's like, man, wow, God's speaking to me. The person doesn't know me. They can't see me, but I'm hearing the word of God through that vessel. Hopefully God's speaking through this vessel right now and ministering to you, whether you're in person or watching online. God knows how to find us is the point. He continues to speak to us. He speaks to us through godly counsel. There's been unique moments where through unique conversations, God's given people wisdom to actually speak his will. Yesterday, for example, I was talking to Pastor Marquise and kind of just navigating through some decisions. And, and without him even being prompted, he just said, bro, and he, he spoke this brief little sentence. And I knew in my spirit, this is God communicating to me. This is God saying, shift the gears and come in agreement with my will. And it, it was a powerful moment. I'm like, bro, I received that. So we just like fist pumped each other. I'm like, I receive it. I knew it was a word from God. So God speaks through the multitude of counselors. Ultimately, God speaks to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit. See, when you, when you surrender your life to God and you say, God, I give you my life and I receive your life. We who were dead in our spirits, we actually, we come alive, we become born again. Our spirit becomes revived. So when we invite Jesus into our lives, it's not technically Jesus con carne that comes and lives on the inside of us. It's actually the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we are the temple or the house of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes and lives on the inside of us. And he is constantly communicating. He is constantly speaking. And it's amazing because oftentimes we try to limit God to only a physical, audible voice. And yet God is so much bigger than that. Can God speak through an audible voice? Obviously he can. He can do whatever he wants. In my lifetime, I've actually heard God speak audibly, I think twice. Twice that I physically heard him with an audible voice. But I hear God every day. God is constantly communicating with me, speaking to me, using a variety of different means. God will speak through, for instance, circumstances, open and closed doors. God, I'm needing some guidance. I, I need you to, to help me with this decision. All of a sudden, he opens doors that are like, wow, where did this come from? And I take it like this is God's indicator that he is with me in this process, that he's guiding me. Sometimes, however, God will close doors. Some of you guys, you come for prayer and we have a whole team praying for people and interceding with you and standing with you and you're coming with bruised foreheads. That means that you've been running into some closed doors. Now, sometimes there are doors that need to be busted through, but then there's sometimes when God closes doors and it's not meant for us to try to open them. When we say, let your will be done here on earth that is in heaven, it's not saying, let my will be done as I've desired here on earth. Let it be so in heaven. That's not how that prayer works. Some of us need to learn to stop being stubborn and trying to have our way. God closes some doors oftentimes because he wants to keep us from something that is less than. Come on, somebody. He knows what's good for us. He knows what's best for us. Our job is to trust him. Our job is to pursue him. God, if these doors are still, it may not mean that the door is going to be closed forever. But you just got to wait on the Lord. God, I'm believing you. I'm trusting you. God, who closed this door? What's going on? Is this you? Was it me? Was it my in-laws? Who was it, God? The Lord will actually lead you. He will guide you. The voice of the Holy Spirit, we refer to it the inner, still, peaceful voice. The Holy Spirit is constantly speaking to us. He's wanting to speak to you. Maybe you come to church and your relationship and your communication with God, your fix is only on Sundays. Hey, that's better than nothing. 
But man, God's not, unlike Chick-fil-A that closed on Sundays, God's not only open on Sundays. The Holy Spirit, if you've invited him into your life, he's actually communicating with us all the time. All the time. Now, in about a month, we're going to have something at City Life, and the sound, the music will go something like this. Bum, 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 bum. Some of y'all are like, that sounds like football. Yes, it is. It's Pastor Keys and Pastor David and Isaac, the whole crew. We love football, and therefore we have fantasy football leagues, several different leagues, many different levels, and it's very competitive. And then we have like draft night where we all have to draft our teams. Can I be real with you? I pray in tongues during the draft night. I'm praying in the spirit. Hey, I start praying. Why? Because, Lord, I don't know how this player is going to do this year. Now, is that fair? I don't know. But that's on you. If you're not praying, that's on you. It's not, it's not my fault. I'm going to pray. I'm going to include him. My Holy Spirit guide me here. It might sound facetious, but I'm saying, Paul says, pray without ceasing. He says, pray about everything. I include that in my fantasy football leagues. Come on, somebody. Pray if you're a pastor. <laughs> but if you're not praying in tongues during the draft, that's on you. I want to encourage you. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Get a spiritual language and pray with us. Come on, somebody. But the Holy Spirit, he wants to be included. He speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the prophetic ministry as well. Prophetic ministry. And that's what the series is about. Prophetic people. How prophecy shouldn't just be a mystical thing from the Old Testament. Prophecy shouldn't just be something with a few good men or women here and there. If you were here on Wednesday night, for instance, at Pursue Prayer, every Wednesday night we have prayer meetings, right? For one hour, we, we worship and pray. Pastor Elena, towards the end, we're wrapping up the service, and she looks at me, and she kind of gave me that look. And she was like, hey, I feel like God, God wants to speak to some people. Can I, can I get up there, baby? I'm like, girl, like, hey, by all means. She gets up here, and she starts prophesying over different people throughout the room. And it's like, this girl is on fire. All of a sudden, there was fuego, the anointing, the prophetic word. And people were being wrecked in a good way. Like God is finding them, and, and, being, and they were being encouraged. There is a prophetic atmosphere. But listen, that shouldn't just be on a Wednesday night. And that shouldn't just be with a few pastors or leaders. That should be the lifestyle, the reality of New Testament believers. Where God speaks to us because he wants to speak through us. God wants to speak to you so that he can speak through you and be a blessing to those around you. So when we talk about prophetic people, that's, that's what we're referring to. Here's a thought. God is always communicating. The reality is many times we're just not noticing. We're not aware. Here's the big idea. God wants to speak to you because he wants to speak through you. Someone say partnership. He invites us to partner with him. He'll do the heavy lifting, but he allows us and grants us that privilege and the awesome responsibility to receiving some heavenly downloads. It says in, in the Old Testament that there was different tribes, the tribes of Israel. There's a sp specific group of, well, in this case it says uh, sons. So a group of men particularly, they were referred to as the sons of Issachar. And it says that they knew the seasons and the timings of God in advance. They had the inside scoop like in the marketplace. And some of you work in the financial district and you're brokers and you, do, you make trades and all that. There's something that is a no-no. The, the inside trading is a no-no. But when it came to the sons of Is Issachar, they actually knew the seasons and the timings of God in advance. They were prophetic and they knew how to prepare God's people for what was to come. 
Could you imagine if you knew like who was going to win the next Super Bowl? What would you do with that? Someone like, oh my gosh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> prophetic people actually have a prophetic advantage. That's, that's why when perhaps maybe you're looking for those Taylor Swift tickets over the weekend, it's like, man, you should have prophetically bought those tickets like six months ago because <laughs> they were sold out over the weekend. Come on, somebody. Prophetic people have the prophetic advantage. God actually wants to reveal his heart. He wants to reveal his purposes to his people, and he invites us into this partnership with him. So let me bring you into the New Testament. Just for today, I want to establish just a couple foundational principles, and we'll build on for the next couple of weeks. Paul would communicate to the church in Corinth. And Corinth, man, I love Corinth. It reminds me of, well, City Life Church in many different ways. They had all kinds of amazing talents and abilities and vigor and zeal and passion, but they also had some crazy, like, brah, what were you thinking moments. They had some people that would get drunk in church. And Paul's like, he's, the, he's the, the apostle, the one who birthed the church. He's the papa. And he's having to write and rebuke him like, don't get drunk in church. Straight up, don't even get drunk. Talking to people, stop cutting in line when they would do their little potluck gatherings. Some people would cut in line and go for seconds before the whole congregation had been fed. Some people had some crazy sexual issues. And Paul's like, oh, heck, nah. And then he actually starts talking about how God, he so loves the body. He so loves people. And he says, man, each one is important. Each part of the body is important. God is the one that fits everyone together. And the Holy Spirit, he loves the body. He loves the church. And he actually has gifts for the church. So Paul then would began, he began to teach on the, the spiritual gifts, the gifts from the Holy Spirit. And it's recorded in 1 Corinthians 12, but also chapter 14. Nine primary spiritual gifts. If you were to do a deep dive on the gifts of God, you can see like in the, in the book of Romans, the gifts of God the Father, how God gives gifts. And in Ephesians, you would read perhaps the gifts that Jesus has given, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You find that in Ephesians. But in 1 Corinthians, it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there's like three different categories, the revelatory gifts, the power gifts, and the utterance gifts. And he began to expand on these different things in chapter 12. And then you get to chapter 14, and he continues to expand. But smack right in between those two, he gets to the heart of the matter. And this is the, this is the secret sauce, y'all. You want to be a prophetic person? It's not about how you perform. It's not about how you are perceived. It's not about how, quote, unquote, anointed you think you might be. At the heart of the gifts of the Spirit and at the heart of prophetic ministry... It's a heart condition, and it should be love. Because in 1 Corinthians 13, which is right between those two chapters, Paul goes into this whole chapter in, in this, this dialogue about what is love. And he talks about love being patient, love being kind. Three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, he says, is love. And pastors will officiate weddings, and we always quote from that chapter right there. But what is Paul saying? He says, the Holy Spirit loves the church so much, he wants to bless people, and he wants to partner with people that will choose to love like God loves. And when we love other people like God loves other people, then he'll release his gifts in and through us. So you want to know what fuels the prophetic love of God. Now, when it comes to love, as you know, love is not an emotion. Like, oh my gosh, I just feel like loving everybody today. No. You start driving down 280 and someone cuts you off. It's like, you don't want to love them right now. <laughs> I could give you all kinds of other analogies. Love is not an emotion alone. 
It is a fruit of the spirit, but it's also a choice. It's a conviction. We choose to love. We choose to love. So Paul says, if you want the prophetic to flow, you want these gifts to flow, you got to position your heart to love people even as God has loved you. And that's at the heart of the gifts of the spirit. That's at the heart. We want to, how, many, how many of you here, you say, I want to be a prophetic person. Come on, there's more hands that could be going up. Like, who wants to be a prophetic person? We should all be raising our hands and say, I want to be a prophetic person. In order for us to be prophetic people, then we say, God, I need your love to flow through me. Lord, I need your love. Maybe you're sitting next to somebody, you're like, okay, I don't like them right now, but you can still love them. Choose to love them. And as we position ourselves to receive the love of God, then he can flow in and through us. So Paul would write and Now we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he, he kind of sets the tone with this idea of loving people. And he says, so let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the, spe the, the, the special abilities. Another version says the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. And since people won't be able to understand you, but you'll be speaking by the power of the spirit. But if, but it will all be mysterious. But, but the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. That'll preach right there. What is Paul saying? He's like, hey. He wants people to pray with the spiritual language. God's given us the ability to pray spirit to spirit. You can actually pray in tongues in your mind, not know what you're praying about. Those are some of the best prayers, by the way. Some of you are praying, God, I just pray for this person. I'm believing that they're the right one for me to marry. Lord, I'm just praying. I'm claiming. I'm declaring. I'm doing a Jericho march all the way around them. I'm claiming them as unto me. And you're declaring all these different things, but God might have somebody different for you. And you're praying with your own intellect and your own heart and your own desires. And you're praying in maybe English or Tagalog or Spanish or Portuguese or Francais, whatever language. And that's your carnal language praying and it's praying your heart. But then all of a sudden you start praying the spirit. Then you start praying in tongues. And the Holy Spirit is praying the Father, God, don't give that girl to that boy. She's not the right one. God, we have a better plan. Father, we have a better plan for him. Don't listen to his words right now. And you're praying in your spirit and you feel edified because now you're praying in agreement with the heart of the Father. Those prayers are the good ones. So I want to encourage you. As Paul was like, man, we should pray in the spirit. But have you noticed, and he's saying, listen, when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying and it benefits you and it edifies you. But in the collective, though, people will understand it's just mysteries. How can they be personally edified by that? The person praying in the spirit, they're personally being edified. And Paul says, man, your inner man is being strengthened. But in the collective sense, he says it's better to prophesy. It's not that praying in tongues is not good. It's just in the collective. It's, he says, man, I wish you all would prophesy. And when people receive a prophetic message from God, they're encouraged, they're strengthened, they're comforted. Am I preaching to somebody here today? Yes. Is this okay teaching? I'm taking time to just teach and drive this home. So what is prophetic ministry? Let me just give you an abbreviated, condensed version. By the way, if this is a topic that you're intrigued by and you, and you want to learn more about this, um, I actually wrote a, a course, a Bible college course, uh, early in the year, and I, I was able to teach it at Manor House up in Portland, Oregon, and Portland Bible College uses it. 
we're actually going to be rolling it out in September here at City Life, and we'll be recording it in a studio, but we'll have a live audience. If you want to be a part of that, that class, it's going to be like six weeks long. We'll do a couple classes each time. Love for you to come and explore and learn more about this topic. But kind of the abbreviated version, what is prophetic ministry? Simply, it's speaking the heart and mind of God to people or situations. Prophetic ministry is when you're hearing understanding, knowing the heart and the mind of God, and you're declaring it over either a person, a group, or a specific situation. That's what prophetic ministry, if I can condense it in one sentence, that's what it would be. It's declaring what God knows about them, how he feels about them, and what he wants for them. That's what prophetic ministry. Now, maybe you've kind of been doing this Christian walk for a while, and you're like, what's the difference between the gift of prophecy and perhaps maybe the gift of word of knowledge? Because Paul talks about the word of knowledge being one of the gifts of the Spirit. If you're kind of new to faith, what is word of knowledge? Basically, it's when the Holy Spirit reveals information to a person about somebody or something else that they, they personally could never know, know this information about that person. They haven't Googled them. They haven't stalk, uh, stalked them on social media. They haven't been following and asking people. about. They don't know anything about this situation or person. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God will drop a name or information. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow. And then they share it. And the person like, whoo, how would you know that about me? And that's the way that God uses to, to grab people's attention to say, see, I know them. I know their story. I know their situation. Oftentimes, as I'm ministering, I'll be, for instance, this next week, I'll be traveling to do prophetic ministry in Orlando. As, I, as I'm ministering over these different people, and my wife and I, we get to do this a lot. As we minister, oftentimes, God will give me a word of knowledge, information that I've never known about these people. Sometimes I'll be, I'll be ministering over somebody, and all of a sudden, God will show me three little kids. Not two, not five, but three. And I'll just say, hey, I see three kids around you. I believe that God's giving you two boys and a girl. And they're like, What? How would you know that God's showing? That's a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge reveals the mind of God because he knows everything. The prophetic ministry works in tandem with the word of knowledge because the word, the prophetic word, it reveals the heart of God. Word of knowledge is the mind of God. The prophetic is the heart of God. Why? Because it reveals how God feels about them. And it reveals what God wants for them. When we say prophetic people, we're saying, God, we want to be people who know how you feel towards others. And we want to be able to relay a word of what you want for them so that they can be edified, so they can be strengthened, so they can be built up. God wants us to share in his heart for others. Are you understanding this teaching right here? That's why we're called to be prophetic people. So why is prophetic ministry so important? Well, look around. We live in a broken, cursed, jacked up, corrupt, upside down kind of world. You watch Stranger Things? Well, that's the world that we live in. It's a crazy, strange, broken world. We need a word from God. We need a word from heaven. We need a word that is true, that is accurate, that is life-giving. Everything around us is sucking us dry. It's taking life away from us. It brings death. But God comes to give us life. And he's looking for conduits that can speak his word. That's why when we're in worship and we're singing, come alive in the name of Jesus. It's a song, but it's a prophetic declaration. We're speaking to things around us. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Dreams that were dead, we're saying, come alive in the name of Jesus. Circumstances that are beyond our reach or control, we're saying, come alive in the name of Jesus. That's the privilege of redeemed people. 
prophetic people where we don't just echo or just come into agreement with what society says around us, but we can actually speak the word of God even when it contradicts our circumstances, even when it doesn't line up or match up with what everyone else wants or thinks. Prophetic people, are, prophetic people, <laughs> in English, por favor, prophetic people, they speak the heart and the mind of God. Are you being stirred in your faith? That's the invitation to all of us. We need the prophetic ministry. God is looking for people that he can partner with. People need to be strengthened. There's so much hate everywhere we go. So much hatred and just evil all around. Crazy stuff. Just here in the city, just if you, if you, if you keep up and people all around, just pain, just all around us. People need hope. People need encouragement. People need to be comforted. These three words, exhortation, encouragement, hope, or, or comfort, it basically means this. People need to be built up. They need to be emboldened, meaning empowered. They, they need to have their burdens lifted. That's what the idea of comfort means. When you come along, along somebody else and you bring a word that lifts those heavy burdens off their shoulders. And you speak the word of God and all of a sudden they're like, wow, I feel more free. Yeah, because God, the word of God has revived them, has lifted those things off of them. God is looking for people that will partner with him, that will be used by him. Shout out to Rudy. Hits me up a few weeks ago on a Saturday night and says, hey, PJJ, did you hear about the murder in Oakland? Guy was delivering some flowers and some dude walks by with a dog and they, they exchange some words. Next thing you know, the guy turns around and pop, point blank, just kills the guy right there. He says, his parents, they're, they're not from here, they're from, from Brazil. He says, pastor, and I'm Brazilian, right? So pastor, would you, would you have the time, the ability to pray for these people? I'm like, how'd you connect with these people? I didn't even know how that worked. God would move on Rudy. Rudy would bring those people to the house of the Lord that Sunday. Their, their son was just murdered. He brings them to the house of the Lord. Our, our community, different Brazilians, never met these people. Man, our hearts are just grieving with them. So we have a welcome party. We have new members. We're celebrating them. We're singing all these different songs. But then we're also mourning with people who are absolutely devastated. We gathered around and we just began to pray. Like I, and they're, why? The question is why? Why would God allow something like this? I'm like, my brother, I, I don't even know. Like, I've never experienced this. I've never been in your shoes. And then the prophetic word of the Lord. I don't understand this, but God understands because his son was murdered too. And in that moment, Rudy, you were there. The man just broke and you're like, oh my, God understands. And God just, he changed something. Something happened in his heart and his spirit where all of a sudden God began to lift. God understands. He gets this moment, comforted him and the people of God praying over them, prophesying the heart of God. God's not done with you yet. We may not have all the answers, but God still has good things in store. He's going to navigate you through this season. It's a season from hell, but you're going to get through this. The prophetic ministry, that's what it does. It builds people. It finds people. It reveals the heart of God. So he's looking for men and women that say, I want to be used by God. I want to be a partner like Rudy was. He's looking for all of us. How can we partner with God to be used by him to be a blessing to those around us? Here's the key. You ready for the key? What's the key to the whole prophetic? It's learning to recognize what the Holy Spirit is communicating. The fact is the Holy Spirit is always communicating. Even while you're asleep, he's still communicating. Can I just kind of like help somebody here? When you go to sleep, your physical body goes to sleep and your emotions, your soul is rested, but your spirit is always awake. Your spirit, that's why you can actually pray to the Holy Spirit all throughout the night. 
You can actually be in communion with the Holy Spirit 24-7. That's why Paul could say, pray without ceasing. You can actually be in a relationship where you can be talking to the Holy Spirit all day long, all the time. That's a reality, and that's something that, that we can grow in. So the key for us to be prophetic people is recognizing when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. It's a prophetic partnership. Robert Morris, the pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas, he says like this. He says that the general will of God is already revealed to us through the Bible. But the specific will of God for each specific situation, it's revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is always consistent with what's already been recorded in the Bible. But he'll give you specific insight for each unique situation that you find yourself in. That's the inside scoop right there. You're, you're needing like an answer, Lord, should I pursue this career? Should I pursue this relationship? Should I take this step? The Holy Spirit can actually guide you if you include him. Now, he's given you this incredible power called the power of free will. You and I receive the gift of choice. You can choose what you're going to do. If God hadn't given us that gift, we would just be a bunch of robots or AIs. Come on, somebody. But God gave us, gave us the ability to choose. It's your choice. You can choose to receive his love or not. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, you can choose to include him or just do things on your own. So you want to be someone who grows in the prophetic? Learn how to recognize how the Holy Spirit is communicating with and to you. Jesus here hanging out with his disciples, and he had this, the ultimate internship program. A couple of them probably hung out with him for almost the three years of his ministry, right? He's teaching them and modeling what it is to have the heart of the Father and performing signs and wonders and preaching hope and healing the sick and doing all these incredible things. And sometimes they would get alone with Jesus, and they were preaching with him at the large sermon, and like, amen master or teacher amen rabbi but then later like hey teacher um so what did you mean with that parable the sower thing like we didn't understand what you're saying about throwing the seeds here and there whatever and he have to kind of break it down and explain it to them a little bit more he recognized that they needed help who here still needs some help yeah. we all still need some help doesn't matter how long you've been serving jesus we all still need some help look at what jesus says to, to his disciples in john 14 it says and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. The word there is advocate. In the Greek, it's the word parakletos, which means the helper, the teacher, the comforter, the friend, the lawyer. He says, and, 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 and he will help you, and he will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will soon be in you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Now, that's a mouthful right there. You can unpack that a little bit later. Jesus is like, hey, I'm sending you a helper because I know you're going to need some help. His name is Holy Spirit. He's going to be your personal trainer. He is a friend. It's personal to him. He's not just deity, but he's a friend. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to guide you. He's going to remind you of these things that have been trying to teach you. He'll teach you. He'll remind you of these different things. And this passage right here, then two, cha two chapters later, John 16, he says this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Not some truth, but all truth. The Holy Spirit knows all truth. He's got perfect theology. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He is our friend. He is our tutor. He is our mentor. He's the one that teaches all these different things. 
I did a deep dive, and I'm not going to unpack the whole thing. I'll give you rapid fire in 20 seconds. Things that the Holy Spirit helps us with. He helps us to pray. When you pray, it's not just you. It's a partnership. He's helping you to pray to the Father. He helps us to live a victorious life. He convicts us of our sins. He forgives us when we root for the Oakland Raiders or the Las, or the Las Vegas Raiders. He forgives us. He comforts us. He gives us counsel and wisdom. He guides us. He strengthens us. He teaches us. He helps us to be bold witnesses for Christ everywhere. That's who he is. He is the helper. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit is constantly communicating. The thing is, many of us don't recognize when he's communicating. And we put him in a tiny little box. And if he doesn't speak with an audible voice, God, are you there, 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 there? Do you know me, me, me? Is this a sick joke or something? And we reduce God to just these physical senses that we have where God is actually so much bigger than all that. Can I remind you and I, you're not a human being in physical form that happens to contain a spirit on the inside. That's not our case. We are spiritual beings, and it happens that we have a physical shell. We live in a spiritual world. It's not just physical. It's a spiritual world. Multidimensional. We are spirit beings. And oftentimes, we limit God only to the physical realm. So we have to hear him with an audible voice. God transcends all that. And his name is Holy Spirit, which means he speaks a spiritual language. So when you're asking God to communicate with you, understand he likely will speak to you from a spiritual perspective first. Am I preaching to somebody here? A spiritual language. Now, I don't know if y'all are quiet because I'm really boring today or if it's just kind of like, wow, there's a lot of information that I'm trying to take in. My online community, you throw in emojis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A little quiet here today. God wants to speak to us. The challenge for all of us is to recognize, God, what is it that you're saying? And when we use the term speaking, I'm kind of using it more in kind of a general sense because how he communicates can be through audible internal voices. He can also speak to us through circumstances. He can speak to us through dreams. He can give you pictures, movies for that matter. He can speak in different ways. You begin to sense things like, man, where did that come from? I don't know what this is. And it's God grabbing your attention, wanting to relay a message to you. That should be normal for all Christians. God is constantly communicating with us. So as the word says, he who has ears, let him hear what the spirit is saying. My challenge to all of us today would be this. Approach the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want to hear you for real. I want to know when you're communicating to me. And then just kind of quiet yourself down a bit and allow him to communicate. See, God knows how you're wired. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're young in faith or maybe seasoned in faith, he knows exactly who you are. He's the one that created us. The Bible says in Psalms that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of us more fearfully than wonderfully. But he's the one that's wired us. How you think, how you process, how you feel. Sometimes I'm told that I don't know how to deal with my own emotions. It's true, I compartmentalize stuff. I put things in a little drawer and I move on to the next one. And like, wow, you don't have emotions? I think I do. I just can't remember where I left them. I... That was a joke, y'all. Only like, <laughs> supposed to be funny. <laughs> People <are> like, oh. <laughs> God knows how I'm wired. He knows how you're wired. So if he is the head engineer, the architect, the designer, the creator, if he's the one that created you, don't you think he knows what your language is? 
you don't think that he knows how to speak a language that you can understand? It's actually not that complicated. My encouragement to us today is like, shh, slow down. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Allow him to communicate. Because if we're going to be prophetic people, you can't speak what you haven't heard or experienced yourself. So he's got to speak to you that he might speak through you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. That's a fact. We're not twisting his arm. You're not having to convince God, oh my gosh, okay, I'll throw them another prophetic thought. All right, there you go. Huh. You paid your tithes, let me give you another word. That's not how it works. Although paying your tithes is great, thank you. Here's the homework lesson. This is the, act, the, the action steps for us. Very brief, four steps. Number one, how do we grow in the prophetic? Number one, desire it. If you don't desire it, it's not just gonna happen by osmosis. Like, woo, something took over me. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. You gotta desire it. Lord, I wanna hear your voice. I wanna know you more intimately. God, I wanna know you. I wanna know what you sound like. I, know, I wanna know how you communicate. God, I wanna know you. Paul says, desire the gifts, especially that you would prophesy. You gotta desire, you gotta want it. Number two, then you gotta listen. And what I mean with that again, it's be observant because God will speak to you in different ways. Some people it's through the arts, through the colors. And it's like, wow, that's God speaking to them. God sometimes speaks to me through food. I get some good food, southern cooking, particularly some good, good old barbecue. It's like, mm, 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 mm. there's a verse that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God just begins to speak to me through great food. But you got to be observant. Listen, what is God saying? Then number three, then you practice it. As God begins to whisper and he begins to say things and he says, okay, now go ahead and share this. Then you have to have some courage, some boldness and say, okay, I'm going to share this with this person and we'll be teaching you on how to do this in a safe way so you don't like go crazy and start prophesying some stuff from not God. <laughs> we'll teach you on how to, how to practice this. The best place to practice is in a safe setting. Small groups, prayer gatherings. And you don't have to go all King James Version. Yea, the Lord saith unto thee, thy sucketh. No, that's, no, bro. Like, <laughs> You can actually prophesy with your eyes wide open and you can use just current language. Hey, I just, I kind of sense that God wants to let you know he cares about you. Earlier this week, I, I was praying for somebody and the Lord says, let them know that I am with them. In their particular situation, they were having to go to court and it's just a really complicated situation. But I sent a message not knowing the context of everything that was playing out. I sent the message saying, hey, God wants you to know that he's with you. And the person writes back, well, that was random but greatly appreciated. God knew how to find them in that unique moment through a text that was a prophetic encouragement to them. They needed to hear that word. So we desire, we listen, and then we practice. And then the fourth step, most important one, we repeat and we start all over again. Then we desire some more, we listen some more, and we practice and then we repeat. And we desire more and we continue to run after him, listen, and we practice and we keep on growing. And all of a sudden, like this prophetic thing begins to swell up from within us and the partnership continues to grow. Am I preaching to somebody here today? God's called us to be prophetic people. You're called to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You're not here to be a survivor. You're not here to just survive this journey. You're here to thrive. God wants to flow in and through your life. He wants to use you to reach people around you. 
This journey here on earth isn't just to get through or get by so that someday we can get to heaven. No, God wants you to partner with him to make a difference in other people's lives right now. There are people around us that are suffering. They need a word from the Lord. That's why we can say, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, here am I. Use me. And God says, I'll take you up on that. I will use you. And as you listen to him and as you hear him, he'll nudge you and he'll tell you what steps to take, what to say, what not to say, how to help people. Amen, somebody? So let me close this, this message out. And next week, we'll continue this series. And Lord, we love you. I thank you so much that, Lord, you're not a dead God. You're not a silent God. You're not a distant God. But you are near to us. You are a present help in time of need. You are always there. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you are in our midst. You live with us and you live in us. You are constantly communicating. So, Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us the ability to recognize what you are saying what you are communicating to us. I pray that you'd open our eyes to see. I pray that you'd open our ears to hear, that our spiritual senses would be in tune to your spirit, God. I pray that even today, that there would be a shift in our hearts. Something would happen. Lord, that you would dislodge, Lord, the flow of the prophetic river of God in and through your people. Father, the world around us needs this. Father, our communities need this. Our families, they need an expression of your love and your power. So I pray that there would be a release and an impartation upon your people here, both in person and those online, that you would reveal your heart and your ways, that we would know your mind and your heart, that there would be an activation, that there would be an agreement in our hearts. Lord, we surrender to you and we say, have your way. We say yes to this partnership, God. We say yes. Have your way. Use us for your glory and for your purposes. In the mighty and in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Hey, as we close out, as we do every service, I always love helping people get right with God. Maybe you came to church today and you've been distant from God. Maybe one of two scenarios. You've never given him the opportunity to be the, the Lord of your life the designated driver of your life. You've been calling all the shots on your own. He's not been the boss. And you recognize, man, I just can't keep doing this on my own. I need him to take control. Maybe that's your story. Or perhaps the second scenario, maybe, maybe at some point you gave your life to Jesus, but man, you hijacked the wheel again. He hasn't been the Lord of your life. You've been calling the shots again. And you're like, man, I need him to be Lord over all. Maybe that's your situation. I want to lead us in this prayer. The Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We want to get right with them. Maybe you're here in, the, in, in this space or maybe watching online. You're saying, I want to get right with God. I want to give us this opportunity. You're saying, I want to get right with God. If that's you, just wave at me from wherever you're at. If you're online, just let us know. Say, I'm wanting to get right with God. Thank you. Hands popping up all throughout. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over the room, we're saying we want to get right with God. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. Would you repeat the prayer with me? Would you say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for pursuing me. Today, I open my heart. I invite you into my life. Take the wheel. Be the Lord of my life. I repent of doing things my way. I repent of all my sins. I surrender fully to you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a fresh start. This new beginning. Help me now to live a life of purpose where I too will make a difference in other people's lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's clap and give the Lord some praise. God is amazing.
If you made that decision today or a rededication, be sure to swing by the Connection Center. We've got a gift for you there. Love to celebrate your decision. If you're online, just hit that little click button that says, I did. Our online team will partner with you as well. I'm going to invite Pastor Maria to come and wrap things up. Church family, we love you. God bless you.